What's going on everybody and welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 391 here on Tuesday, August 9th. Potentially the last one before we all get raided by the FBI. That's why I'm going to Venezuela tonight. <laughs> yeah, well we guys. might be safer yeah. there at this point. <laughs> Non-extradition. Um, obviously, uh, oh, joined by basically now almost a co-host, Spencer Brown. Um, My plan is working. Yeah, he has infiltrated much like the Chinese into our country. <laughs> yeah. The FBI raid of Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago, um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take it from there, honestly. Me? Yeah, you. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, well, so, I mean, things, the in, covered things in the United States well, yeah, are going so well. I would just so like to well. preface this with, like, the fact that, you know, you were on night shift last night. Yep. Both just having a calm, relaxing evening, all of a sudden. Trying to enjoy a nice night. All of a sudden, I'm on the phone with my mom, and she's like, what the fuck is this? They just raided... Mar-a-Lago, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because <laughs> it sounds like a bad joke. The start right, of a right, really bad yeah, joke. Yeah. And then I look, and I'm like, oh, shit, all right, I gotta go. And yeah. he's like, yeah, your night just got ruined. Yeah. And then I text Spencer, and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. the funny thing is, as I was leaving the office yesterday at the end of the normal day, and as I was getting home, I was like, oh, there's just not that much news today. How am I going to find stuff to write tonight? So I started writing just, like, important news, but not you know, big news, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, oh, we've got the FBI showing up at Mar-a-Lago, raiding the place, breaking into a safe that apparently had nothing in it, which is hilarious, Hilarious. because you know they were like, oh my gosh, I'm breaking into the safe of Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. The rubles are in there. And then, like, the door creaks open, and it's just a dusty shelf with, like, a sticky note and a giant Sharpie, probably. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's like, things are going so well in the United States that we are a full two years, more than two years out from the next presidential election, and the Department of Justice and the FBI are already going just, like, full bore on making sure that Donald Trump, they find some reason why he can't run for president again. Already it has entirely backfired, because if you look at the reaction last night from most Republicans, not all, there are some Republicans that we'll get into who have been a little too quiet mm. on this, but the overwhelming response from Republicans, even people who were seen as potential challengers to a Trump uh, nomination for president in 24, and people who were kind of on the fence are now saying, no, this has gone to a whole new level thanks to the Biden Department of Justice and the FBI led by Merrick Garland uh, and Chris Wray that this is now something where if we don't stand up now for Trump against this, where does it ever stop? Well, yeah, you know, even someone who doesn't like Trump, like Mike Pence, was like, this is, you know, yes. outrageous. And called for a full accounting, which I think is like the bare minimum should be a full accounting just from the FBI and the DOJ within this week explaining what the basis for their search warrant was that precipitated this raid, what they were looking for, what they got, and whether any of it is actually what they're making it out to be. And Mm -hmm. already, I mean, if you look, like, we had just, like, a million pieces on this today on Town Hall. So if you're looking for more or you feel like you might have missed something, check out the site because Matt and I both wrote a ton of stuff on this today. Uh, But you had people like Mark Elias, everybody's favorite Russia hoax architect, who is just... Mr. Perky. Literally, (laughs) just his entire career revolves around trying and failing to rig elections against Republicans. He tried to help Hillary Clinton win in 2016. He's the one that came up with this whole... uh, The whole Russia narrative is basically his fault because he's the one that paid Fusion GPS for this fake dossier and everything else. Um, He showed up in Virginia in the last election cycle when Terry McAuliffe hired him right at the end of the campaign, and everybody was like, oh, is he going to try to rig this? He 
thankfully didn't try to pull a fast one, or if he did, he failed again. Um, he, he, was, failed. he was saying basically that the media is missing in this, the whole like political earthquake that's about to hit. And he used this federal statute about like uh, removing or mutilating federal records uh, as if that was the thing. And because the penalty for that is that someone who is currently in office will lose their position and anybody will be prohibited from running for office again, which theoretically he, means he thinks that whatever the FBI was looking for and apparently found means that Donald Trump will be precluded from ever running for office again. But that misses the whole point that Donald Trump is the president of the United States could unclassify anything with literally just well, so saying that's, it. That's, yeah. that's the whole, like, ridiculous part of this entire equation, right, is that their, you know, prosecutorial judgment here was that we need to raid the home of a former president of the United States, something that's never been done in the history of the country, at right. least as far as I'm pretty sure. No, this, this, this is the first. First yeah. time. This is the first. So, Big year for first. So, right, right, they need to do that as a first for documents yeah right under the presidential records act yeah for the, the national archives the national archives must have, have tre- must have had tremendous sway in the J. Edgar Hoover <laughs> building for them to like deploy well, as you said, it is next door he, he should have yeah. just put it into the secret book yes president's yeah. secret book everybody knows you put it in there it's just yeah. on a shelf in the library of congress in and the restricted section can't well, be so, touched yeah nicholas cage said it's totally outrageous <laughs> but like you said the legality of this is such that even if there were top secret documents in those boxes, okay, mm-hmm. which yeah. they don't know for sure that there was, they took all the boxes to sift through later on. And we have no idea what these documents were. Even some documents marked top secret. Like, right, they Donald get... Trump did not take the nuclear codes, which would have been invalid after he exactly. left office. He yeah. didn't take, I, I don't know what they think My he took with him. My was that those things were basically mementos he wanted to keep from the presidency. Presumably yeah. so. Which is fine. He's a big memento guy. Maybe. Look at his office in Trump Tower. He has all that stuff all over the Me, walls. as Maybe. a big collector of, you know, historical stuff yeah. and just, yep. like, all that kind of shit. Like, I would do the same thing. But they say, well, you can't take top secret documents to an unapproved site. Well, he, as the president, is the ultimate decider mm-hmm. of classified material. Yes. He literally can sit there and look at these pile of documents and say... All of this is <laughs> now declassified. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's mine. I'm taking it. Yeah. Yes. And that's perfectly legal. Yeah. Yep. Right? Wouldn't and, be sho- I wouldn't be shocked if those 15 boxes were just filled with blank printing paper. And then the book- <laughs> that, would, that would be even more incredible because what that would do would be, again, Trump playing this 4D chess, which just yeah. played yeah. the entire, like, well, if that happens, bureaucracy and everything else. Like, that would do. be hilarious. Get it's just scribbles. Boxes. Yeah, just get all the blank sheets of paper and put it in there and make sure the press sees it. It's just his letterhead. Yeah. Well, and once you get past... <laughs> that he signed every single yeah. page and then said, classify yeah. those. Once Celebrity you get past on <laughs> the point of the he could declassify thing, their next yeah. argument, because, you know, they have to go down the rungs, is, mm-hmm. uh, well, his clearance was revoked because traditionally presidents get to keep their unlimited clearance for life. Mm-hmm. That's just how it usually yeah. goes. Yeah. Now, of course, that was different in this situation because for political reasons under pressure from the left biden revoked trump's you know ultimate clearance mm-hmm. right yeah. not um, it's not it's unsure whether he retained some level of clearance past that or whatever but you know the argument could be made that did biden really even necessarily have the power to do that given mm-hmm. past precedent you could get into a whole legal argument about this uh-huh. so I, I just don't understand for a situation in which apparently trump 
was cooperating with the archives on this. Yes. The archives these knew are documents that he had that the they, stuff. They knew that these existed. This is not right. some bombshell where they were like Snoop they raided his house and found that they didn't know he had all these boxes of classified documents and like an extra nuclear football sitting beside his desk at Mar a Lago. Like this was stuff that they knew that he had and apparently they just decided to escalate this to an FBI raid. Well he wasn't even there. He was in New York at Trump yeah. Tower. Well yeah, and th- I mean that was on purpose obviously. Yeah. Um can you imagine if he had been there? Oh, yeah. I would <laughs> Let me see the pay warrant. for that footage. Let me see the warrant. Well, there's a lot of questions about this, right? There's a lot of questions about the warrant. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of questions about the way the raid was conducted. Apparently, the agents told Trump's lawyers that they couldn't supervise the raid. Yeah. Which I think is not allowed. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'd have to consult with the criminal attorney. But, uh, And then also, apparently, they were told to turn off the security cameras, mm-hmm. which they did not, yep. apparently. Uh, so... If that's the case, we could be looking at getting some film of the raid from mm. Trump's. Uh, I'm going to love it when we get that footage and it's all the FBI agents taking selfies and, yeah. like, geeking out yeah. about the yeah. fact that they're in Mar-a-Lago and in Trump's office. Safe. Like, yeah. you know they, like, yeah. sat at his desk and, like, took pictures yeah. saying you're fired and stuff yeah. like that. And we we could be getting, you know, the fucking search warrant, yeah. right? Which well, would be great. That's the big thing coming out of, like, oh, the lefties today. <laughs> it, you know, so on Twitter... Yashar Ali, some yeah. people know him, right? He was ranting about guy. how, you know, Saudi Arabia and this and that. And I'm like, well, our own country is being run by banana republic tyrants. Nobody gives a shit about supposed tyrants elsewhere. Yeah. And he responds with, and I was surprised he responded because he never has in the past. He responded to you? When I've trolled him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Big clout guy, apparently. Yeah. Who uh, for you? <laughs> he goes, Trump should release a copy of the warrant. And I said, well, the government should justify why they just took a radical step that no uncorrupt Justice Department would have ever in the past. Mm-hmm. And he said, the government justified that step when they sought the warrant. Now, why won't Trump release the warrant? I said, that's your opinion. They did the same thing in the Russian collusion hoax. Oh, yeah. They got tons of warrants. They got FISA warrants. The FISA yeah. warrants. Which like, is supposed yeah. to be same. at a higher threshold. Yes, claiming that, and you're right, everybody on the left was like, well, this wouldn't have happened, like Garland wouldn't have greenlit this, whatever, Christopher Ray wouldn't have approved this if there wasn't, you know, justification to seek a warrant and the warrant was granted and they did the raid. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, this whole idea that, like, because you got a warrant means that you meet the burden of proof for yeah. suspicion necessary yeah. has gone out the window already, especially yeah. when it pertains to Donald Trump yeah. because... They manufactured evidence. Look at what they did last time. Like, this is, get, not, yeah. this is not the first this time it's happened. Good. And then that was further complicated, a story that I wrote up this morning, by the fact that the judge that apparently greenlit this raid and approved the warrant is somebody who is a former employee of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Florida yeah. who was working on the government's case against Jeffrey Epstein the first time when he ended up getting immunity uh, when the government was going after Jeffrey Epstein and some of his employees. He was working on that case for the government. Then, as they were hashing out a deal, he quit his job at the U.S. Attorney's Office, started a private practice that had its business uh, address listed as the same as Epstein's lead attorney, and then he turned around and represented Mm. Epstein's employees against the government whose case he was just working on Uh and got immunity deals for Epstein's pilot, his scheduler, somebody who referred to as his Yugoslavian sex slave. That's a direct quote. Don't we all need one of those? Um, Heard they're very gospel. This guy also, according to just like a cursory FEC record search, donated a thousand dollars to Barack Obama uh, the first year that he ran, and then also donated five hundred dollars to Jeb Bush in like twenty fifteen. Okay. So, again, this idea that like oh they had a warrant. I'm like they've got a warrant from somebody who apparently goes wherever the money takes him because he went from working for the government to working for Epstein's employees and may probably made. 
like three times his annual government salary representing those employees of Epstein. For an agency whose credibility has yep. been shot to shit. Yes. We've, to, for, for those of, I'm a big movie guy, we've reached like Alonzo Harris training day <laughs> regarding like search warrant. It's it's a fucking Chinese menu. <laughs> like I'll take uh, yeah. Yeah. number one yeah. or number four. Just fold it up. Don't see it. Yeah. There, so Here's fine. the warrant. But yeah, so I mean the whole thing is just ridiculous. And yeah. something that I kind of hadn't really thought about is the idea that like they knew that these documents were there from those ongoing dispute, I guess, between the National Archives and President Trump. Mm -hmm. But there is a chance that because they knew that these documents existed and they wanted them, that they were able to get this clearly, like, kind of phoning it in judge to grant their warrant as some sort of uh, fishing expedition to see what else they might find, which seems intense, and presumably they didn't find it or they probably would have already been releasing that. But, like, the fact that they said, you know, this can't be a supervised search, you have to turn off the cameras... That could be something else that we find is if they're, you know, looking beyond sort of what was initially cleared in the warrant. Mm -hmm. But if they were granted the ability to look through all of his, you know, they broke into a safe. So clearly the warrant was pretty broad and it wasn't just if you see it in plain sight, you can take it. It was a you can search the place. Maybe they thought they were going to find collusion. I don't know what they thought they were going to find. Like literally like a. Like from Mean Girls, like a burn book that's the plan for January 6th. But like, I don't know what they were expecting they would find, but that seems to be. Let's not forget that this came on the heels of that picture, hmm. right? The picture of the ripped up Sharpie note in the toilet yep. that yeah. had some names on it. Yeah. And they thought they were going to get the smoking gun. But then they're like, well, this had nothing to do with January 6th. I'm like, so what fucking <laughs> well, point is this, on? right? Nobody gives a shit about some fucking documents. And even even Democrats, hmm. you know, like Andrew Cuomo, right? <laughs> He was like he was, that was this, good to me because he has no friends to lose at this point. So he's like, yeah. I'm just gonna tell it like it is. If he's like, if this turns out that this was over some documents, Americans are not gonna buy that shit. No, yeah. like that's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And they're also not gonna forgive Democrats or vote for them to have any power. And now, in another piece I wrote, I think last night or this morning, I don't even remember. It all runs together. But is all the Republicans who are now promising congressional investigations once the GOP has majorities again in the House yeah. and or the Senate, uh, and. I just I cannot wait for that. Yeah, well, and they, they better, better follow, follow through. through. Yeah. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. if they don't, cheap. we will have a very angry episode yeah. in like you know yeah. nine months, a couple months. Yeah, it's don't run again. Before That's we that is. before we uh, yeah. you know get deeper into this, I had the the best thing was last night. I was watching yes. Fox right after this happened, and Dan Bongino was on, and I, yes. I like Dan a lot, um, and he was fired up. Yeah, he embodied the the rage that I had in my system at that point. Take a listen to this clip. Let's go to Dan Bongino, the host of Unfiltered on Saturday nights. Dan, your quick emotional reaction. I think everyone's a little emotional here uh, about this raid. Yeah, I mean, you think? This is some third world bullshit right here. Let me say it again. Third world bullshit. I mean every word of that. I don't care that it's cable news. I love that. I don't care if it's cable news. Yeah, it's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. It was basically like an O'Reilly fuck yeah. it. Like yeah. we're doing we're this at this point. Um, but it's it's crazy. This is the point that we're at right now. Like this would have yeah. been unthinkable. Like if you would have said to me yesterday before all this happened that this was gonna happen, like no way. Yeah, no way. No, no way. way. Over no documents, way, come like, on. Right. Like, he didn't murder anybody. Yeah. He's not. Right. He doesn't have hostages in the basement of Mar-a-Lago. Like yeah. what are you? Doing And to that point that we never would have thought this happened, it's because Donald Trump, when he was president of the United States and had a DOJ and an FBI under him, did not go after Hillary Clinton, who destroyed government documents that supposedly, according to Mark Elias at yeah. least, preclude somebody from holding elected office mm-hmm. in the United yeah. States. So 
And interfered in our election. The Democrats have once again taken what they said Donald Trump was this abhorrent, norm-wrecking, horrible person who's destroying democracy, and then did something worse than anything he ever did while he was president. Yeah. Yep. Because oh, they, they know they can get away with it. Right. They know. Because they know they can. you've got the Two mainstream media, yeah. giddy as hell, yeah. cheering this on, not realizing that what they've done is just both increase the enthusiasm gap that already existed between Republican and Democrat voters less than 99 days before the midterms in which Democrats are already supposed to get shellacked in the House yeah. and probably lose the Senate narrowly, but lose it. And then also just unified Republicans and conservatives and anybody who, like, roots for the underdog around Donald Trump. Because he didn't have this yeah. kind of stuff happening in 2016. Like, no. yeah, you had the Russia collusion yeah, hoax yeah, and all this yeah. stuff, but nobody was raiding Trump Tower yeah, and no, taking boxes of documents. Yeah. Nobody was doing this kind of stuff. And so they're always like, oh, Donald Trump needs to stay relevant. And this was the biggest thing that Democrats and the Biden administration could have possibly done Thank you. to make him more relevant. Well, yeah, I think a lot comes out of this. You rightfully made the point that the GOP is now more unified than ever before mm-hmm. in recent years. People are fucking livid about this. This comes on the heels of the passage of that bill, which has 87,000 new IRS agents. What could go wrong? Right. You know, and and as uh, Trump has always said, right, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about you. Yeah. I'm just in the the way. way. Yeah. And that really has come, you know, to life here. You have, I've had numerous people who are, you know, friends of mine who aren't, extremely political Mm -hmm. they had been more on uh team desantis when it comes to the 2024 primaries um now they they texted me last night saying not only are they fucking livid but they're driven back towards trump oh yeah Mm -hmm. same here and and you have people now rallying around trump and i think that they've now put us into the win-win situation here because no matter what happens here, you know, I mean, God forbid Trump, you know, gets convicted and goes to jail or whatever. I don't know that that's going to happen. But if it did... We'll bust him out. Then DeSantis comes... Prison in, break. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be like Bastille. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. DeSantis will come in and wipe out the whole fucking government. Yep. Yeah. Right? And if Trump doesn't, right, and he's still martyred here and has people rally around him and uses this as a springboard to run for president, and then he's back in office... Just wait till he's back in office. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean... He's going to appoint yeah. an FBI director whose entire job is to dismantle the FBI and then a Department of Justice that sets up just... I don't even know. I mean... Yeah. The Ax- truth social core. I mean, Axios had that lengthy piece about what he, how he wants to reclassify thousands of workers as, like, Schedule F. So yep. you can just get fired yep. immediately. Well, someone posted last night. Let's they were go. like, we are now opening the betting pool for the new three-letter agency <laughs> to replace the DOJ and FBI. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, that's 100% true. Well, it's got to go. Yeah. Well, you know, it's ironic because this morning I was looking uh, I was looking in the Wayback Machine to go <laughs> check an archived version of the site for some sort of like design element because we're redesigning Town Hall right now. And so I went back and I happened to click on a certain day. And that day was February 17th, 2020. Okay? <laughs> and that day, the Kurt Schlichter column. Yeah. Yeah. Was burn down the DOJ and start over. <laughs> Trump should have done it right then. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, we knew that this was going to be a problem. Yeah. And it really goes back to, I've said, you know, how many times, the biggest mistake that Trump made was obviously, like, the people around him. Yep. But mm-hmm. also the fact that when he came in, he didn't clean everybody out. Yeah. Yeah. They were too easy on the firings. They mm-hmm. should have cleaned everybody out. And I think that would have made a huge difference. You know, the whole Russian thing may have never happened. Um, but the collusion hoax is very much in line with the playbook here 
Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's They're the same, same idea. Thing. He's right. a criminal. He's yeah. ineligible to hold office. Yeah. Uh, the only way he you know does anything is by legal means or whatever. Yeah. It's just and the funny thing is if Matt had a great piece on this last night, but the media reaction as this was going down, the mainstream media yeah. reaction was just more of the like the walls are closing yeah. in, and I'm yeah. like, let's flush walls to the perp wall, and like like, oh. like it's not it's not closing in, and I think. Yeah. We were talking about sort of the consequences of this that Democrats and the Biden administration just apparently didn't care about or didn't think about is I think Cuomo even pointed this out in his tweet about it. But like this also invalidates a lot of what the January 6th committee is doing, because if you see them doing this over boxes of documents, then that reminds everybody that like, oh, yeah, they're they've been after him since he went down the escalator in Trump Tower to announce he was running for president. And the January 6th committee is just sort of one exercise in their hatred of president trump and this whole situation with the raid just triggered everybody back to you like the name drop there for the show triggered everybody back to remembering like oh yeah this is not just about what happened on january 6th or what happened when he left office this has been something that they've been waging for like going on almost two full terms if he had served the second one and they're not going to stop right well you know i mean did they really think that throwing some bullshit at him is going to get his base, and particularly just the Republican Party as whole, to abandon him. And yeah, yes. No. I mean, yeah. you had, like, like, an almost immediate yeah. statement from the RNC chairwoman, uh, Ronna McDaniel, that was very strong. You had immediate responses from, like, half of Capitol Hill just being like, well, time for an investigation. Let's get a select committee on this, uh, yeah. which, of course, is, like, that's the Democrats' playbook. Like, something happens you don't like, it's time for a select committee. Let's go. Yeah. Well, because the they're FBI, not going to like that. Everybody knows the FBI is corrupt. Yes. I mean, like, yeah. even the Democrats know that, and they know it's theirs. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting is this whole thing is, like, a return to J. Edgar Hoover's FBI, yeah. Yeah. but they suck at it. Yeah. Like, J. Edgar yeah. Hoover ran it yeah. as basically just yeah. over independent, yeah. like, The overreaches state. and abuses of COINTELPRO were found <laughs> yes. out long after he was dead. Right, like, <laughs> the FBI is not as good at it yeah. now as they were when J. Edgar Hoover was running the show. Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover would have kidnapped Gretchen Whitmer. Absolutely. <laughs> but been like, succeeded. you know what, we got to go through it. Gone. So interesting you bring up the Capitol Hill people because there were some great, you know, backup uh, coming out immediately. I think the first one that I saw was Christy Nome. Yeah. She uh, was which, very quick. Yeah, quick to the draws because she needs to get back in the good graces of conservatives and also wants to be in the Veep stakes. Yeah. But it's a wide open field right now. DeSantis, who could very well be the political rap in the primary, mm-hmm. immediately came out. Um, you know, McCarthy. Uh, you know who's been notably silent? Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Uh, mm, don't love to see that. Um, he ran out of cocaine. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the one the one excuse I've heard is that, well, he's down touring damage in Kentucky today for the flooding victims, and, you know, our heart goes out to them. Yeah. But, like, th- this, he's you know. He's the Republican leader in the U.S. Senate. He has right. somebody to draft a he statement. He can walk and, and, and chew aid, gum at the same time. An aide to say, hey, does yeah, this look good? Phrase. And him to say, sorry. yes. I hate is it because you, <laughs> is it because you can't walk and chew gum at the same time? It's very storm? possible. Do you but, like so? I but, guess I guess you don't like Monday morning quarterback. No, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. All I'm saying is the Democrats love to use that phrase when they're fucking us over. Well, they're also it's like it's like you people can't do that. So it's well, like why yeah, are you yeah, saying yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mitch McConnell was notably absent. Most uh, Senate Republicans seem to have caught up at this point. Yeah. Some you know statements much weaker than others, which is to be expected. Um, but it's causing a good re-review of the traitorous Republicans who voted to confirm Merrick Garland, which at the time, you know, we said, why are you doing this, right? And the argument out of these Republicans was that, well, 
He's qualified. <laughs> Is and, he? Right, right, right. And if we vote against him, then he'll never be responsive to any of our concerns. And I'm like, well, you're fucking retarded <laughs> if you believe that he'll be responsive to your concerns. And not only that, now, you know, he has the mirage of bipartisanship yeah. in this crusade against mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And you have the list handy? And they handed it to him. Well, so it started back when, so uh, President-elect Biden, I guess, made his announcement that he if intended that. that he intended to <laughs> nominate uh, <laughs> Merrick Garland to be his attorney general before he was even sworn into office. So that was kind of a foregone conclusion. So by February, you get into the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. They do like two days of hearings as usual. And then also at the time, I remember there was like some talk on Capitol Hill about like, well... Republicans blocked him from becoming a Supreme Court justice, so they felt like they owed him a position, even though he was already a judge. So, like, mm-hmm. he's got a yeah, job. He's yeah. not penniless on the street. Yeah, he's doing exactly. fine. Um, In but fact, now he's going to be jobless afterwards. I mean, he'll right. get, you know, some sort of he'll be fine. TV gig or book gig, whatever. Jeez. But, like, insufferable. But anyway, so they did the, the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, and in a rare moment, the he got a favorable recommendation. Like, if you look at most of the judicial nominees and people who have gone through the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing process, usually they deadlock, and then Schumer has to do this weird, like, legislative maneuver in order to rescue the nominee in order to bring him to the floor for a vote. But in this case, uh, Garland was reported out of the committee on a 15-7 vote that was all the Democrats plus Chuck Grassley of Iowa, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, John Cornyn of Texas, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, mm-hmm. who said, yes, the Senate should confirm this man. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, there were seven Republicans on the committee who were, I guess, bold enough to do what was right and vote no, and that was uh, Ben Sass, Mike Lee, Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, John Kennedy, God bless him, Ted Cruz, and Marsha Blackburn. God, I love John Kennedy. Which, I mean, that like that like those two groups basically explain the divide between Republicans in the Senate is you have like the one crew and the other crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, after that favorable recommendation, it went to the full Senate for a vote, and then you had all these Republicans... It was a 70-30 vote to confirm him as the mm. attorney general. And so that's not just a few. That's like a lot of it's Republicans. 20. Yep, it's 20. And, uh, yeah, you had the same... Bunch this, of fuckers. The same crew from the Senate Judiciary Committee saying, don't do this. And then you had the other crew saying, yeah, let's confirm him, along with a bunch of their other friends like Roy Blunt. Uh, you had... I'm trying. To Interesting how a lot of these names recirculate Bird. through all the trash. Especially <laughs> like uh, the gun bill... The bipartisan, quote, infrastructure bill, all these names reoccurring. It's almost like putting rhinos in there really doesn't help us in the end. Yeah, right. It's weird mm. how that works. Yeah, sure. I'll have, I will have a piece reminding everyone of who put Merrick Garland in charge of the DOJ later tonight. Tremendous. Excellent. Because um, there's a lot of them. On this. And we should remember how we got in this mess. You know, I, I we haven't even really talked about it. I mean, we mentioned Hillary Clinton a little bit, but... Uh, Given the overwhelming amount of evidence on Hunter Biden and the Biden <laughs> crime family syndicate, right, which, you know, did Biden just fuck himself here on this one? Because now the gloves are off when it comes to political retribution when yep. we take power. But um, Republicans suck at that. I know. And so we're not going to do they're anything. They're a bunch of pussies. They should. Sure. But they're not going to do shit. Know, where's the FBI read on Hunter Biden? For any number. Any like, number. there is... Again, yeah. well, there's a dedicated group of agents who a uh, menu. label it misinformation. So oh, there's oh, no yeah. inquiry. That's true. Yeah, they run interference. I mean, pick a crime, like whether it's lying on his gun forms, whether it's the drugs, whether it's they got the laptops, the laptop, all yeah. of the stuff. Which, like, just the basis crimes again would be him lying about 
his gun. Right. Uh, Which rips into the Secret Service. Because yes. they definitely delete yes. some shit. <laughs> <laughs> then there's, like, all the drug charges that, like, if you raided Hunter Biden at any given time, you would find just a whole mess of, it's like mm-hmm. an opium den, yeah. wherever yeah. he is. <laughs> Not to mention the, like, potential human trafficking that he does with his prostitutes putting them here's the thing he puts them not on the nice train not the acela he puts them on the northeast regional Mm. that is low that is low low. especially when they have to never mind anyway uh, and then you get into all the stuff about what he and his dad Joe Biden did and vis-a-vis everything else whether that's Burisma whatever that's China stuff like whatever it is there are so many crimes to be investigated and there hasn't even been hasn't even been a warrant sought as far as we know because I can't think of a judge who would look at a warrant for any of those things and be like nah come back with more well you just listed a ton of angles and apparently the only office that's looking into this the US Attorney's Office of Delaware does not have the resources to look into any of this but we have the resources to raid the former president overnight Uh, uh, oh well well, I'll just say yes yes interesting (laughs) for what it's worth the tax thing yeah the feds delayed doing right before the election because they didn't want to ruin anything yeah. that was going on. They wanted yeah. to be very nice. It'd be improper. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Ironic. The whole thing is fucking absurd and it's only going to get worse from here. Um, That's which, the spirit. <laughs> no, well, you know, it's funny because we love literally so every single time my mom asked me about politics to say, Mom, it's only going to get worse from here. She goes, how the fuck can it get worse? It just oh, did it again. Just got wor- said, Sorry, it just got worse. It just got worse. But also, uh, maybe the light, you know, because... Trump 2024 is going to Well, happen. you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, like, in the end, I, I think that this could be... Yeah. It's just a bad development for it the is. country. It is. It's bad. Right? It's not great. Like, because... Yeah. And I mean, it, it does put us on a path to civil war. And you talk <laughs> about this thing about, like, this does yeah. kind of break open this whole idea of, like, political retribution and using the federal government to go after your political enemies, which Republicans are bad at. But, like, it does set sort of a new precedent for that. But the problem is that's a bad precedent. Like, that shouldn't have to be set. Like, right. we shouldn't yeah. have to feel like, oh, now it's our turn to go after Hunter Biden and whatever. Like... They shouldn't be doing this. Well, the thing is, you know, we, Trump basically let Hillary walk as a showing of, like, good faith. Yes. Right? It because was, he's like, hey, yeah, she's dumb. We're going to move on. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't politically persecute yeah. our opponents in this country. That's not what we do. Mm-hmm. Right? Little yeah. did he know, he was about to get fucked by yeah. the FBI <laughs> with the whole Russian collusion hoax, yeah. right? And now we come to this whole thing again. So maybe in hindsight, you yeah. know, we should have, but... Given the fact that the mountain of evidence could scale K2 regarding the Clinton Foundation <laughs> yeah. being a slush fund in favor bank for the wealthy and wealthy. But again, and it's weird <laughs> how that whole thing just kind of dried up and disappeared once well, yeah, um, yeah, she was no longer Secretary of State. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, and weird. then it started again when she was running for president, <laughs> yeah. then went away when she lost, yeah. and now is trickling in again as rumors fly that she may run for president again. But, I mean, her cackling and passing out at the 9-11 memorial when she was running pales in well, comparison yeah, to yeah, Joe yeah. Biden's health problems. Yeah, like, we look yeah. back at that and being like, oh, this yeah. woman is unfit to be president. What about yeah. her health? And now we're like, okay, yeah. honestly, that looked healthy. That looked great, yeah. yeah. Joe, I mean, today, Joe Biden almost hacked up his whole lung. Yeah, he hacked up a lung. He can't get his coat on. And then he, well, apparently, yeah, I'll, he I'll shook, he sh- he, okay, he shook Chuck Schumer's hand and then forgot about it two seconds later. <laughs> that, I mean, it, that was was five seconds, it was five seconds. It was five seconds. On the coat thing, I'll give him a pass because who amongst us has not been trying to put on a coat while it's windy and while you're drunk? It okay? wasn't windy. I mean, he's an old guy. There was some yeah. prop wash from the <laughs> helicopter or something. I don't it know. It was definitely breezy, but he was also wearing a mask outside, which is <laughs> Well, he's clearly still sick, which he yeah. Yeah. he was 
cough and he always coughs just right like through his hand he like yeah yeah it's like yeah well someone earlier thrown at people in the front row someone earlier today said he very likely has uh permanent lung damage Mm. from it yeah Um, well today in the white house press briefing kareen jean-pierre did confirm that he's on an inhaler Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which is probably like copd and emphysema because as he has told us so many times he grew up in a place where they had to get the sludge off the windshield from the coal plants Mm -hmm. everybody has cancer and emphysema or whatever well, I'm Great. glad you brought up the press briefing. Oh, yeah. That's what I was talking about next, because you sat through that hellish experience. God. Um, and you, I mean, you do that all the time, which is just torturing yourself. But <laughs> I um, do it for the people. Yeah. I someone's do it for our listen, loyal listeners and our loyal readers. You know, someone's got to listen to her lies. Um, That's true. So they had the press briefing, and, you know, she had to have known that this was going to be... What else were they going to ask about? Nobody is that concerned about the CHIPS bill that Biden signed today, or that everybody just gets to join NATO. That's when I tuned out. I'm like, it's going to be bizarre. (laughs) Nobody cares about that. You think it's the first... She didn't have a briefing on Monday. She had one of the little, like, Air Force One mini briefings that's just the audio is streamed when Mm -hmm. they were on their way to Kentucky. So this is her first press briefing since Biden was done with COVID, went to Kentucky, is back right before he goes on vacation for a week on tomorrow. He Wednesday, he leaves on his week-long vacation in South Carolina. Yeah, as if he needs and more it's the vacation. day after the DOJ and the FBI just raided the former president's house. Yeah. What did she think? All he could... does is take vacations. That's... I mean, literally all he does is take vacations. He's he, tired. He's a little I, sick he old outpaces, man. He outpaces everybody from recent memory. Yeah. Obama, Trump, yeah. Bush... Nobody has spent as much time not at the White House than he has. Well, do you remember when they used to bitch about Trump golfing, taking a 40-minute ride up to his golf course up in Potomac, right? Golfing around and then going back to the White House. They used to flip their shit. And that was when the country was experiencing unprecedented levels of economic prosperity. Things were running smoothly. Things were great. We had world fucking peace the Middle and, East, yeah. everybody was yeah. like, you know what? We love you. Yeah. What the hell North happened? Korea was we're chilling. A, now we were, we're a, beating yeah. China. And now everything's yeah. fucked. And this guy's taking week-long vacations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, China's about to invade Taiwan. I need to go to my beach. Yeah. Well, that's how you Which know you're going to invade Taiwan. exactly <laughs> a repeat of one year ago this week when yep. Joe Biden and Tony Blinken and everyone and their mother was on vacation for yes. the August recess. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the Taliban, which we were told it would take at least six months after we left Afghanistan for them to topple weeks. the government. Took weeks, it yeah. took two weeks. The final fall of Kabul took 72 hours after the entire administration told us, this isn't something that's going to happen in a weekend. And then it literally took a weekend for the entire country to be under Taliban mm-hmm. control. And Joe Biden yeah. was just gallivanting around. He would come home yep. to the White House, give a speech, and then get back on the helicopter yeah. that wasn't even cooled down and go back to vacation. Yeah. Well, my favorite of the There was the a debate briefing. for them to come back. You remember that. Blink- yeah. Blinken and Saki were like, do we even come, come back? I'm on vacation. And it's like, like yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, get back uh, to the White House. Yeah. And the whole because again, what I understand that the President of the United States is 2022, has the infrastructure and the capability and travels with enough people and equipment yeah. that he can respond to things from wherever he is, because otherwise the president would never be able to leave the White House. But that doesn't change the fact that Americans are looking for the leader of the country, the supposed leader of the free world, to be at work, busy with all of his generals, with all of his people, figuring out how we're going to make it through this. And he just has not sent that repeatedly. Recession, 40-year inflation, China and Taiwan apparently about to go to war, Afghanistan falling apart, all this stuff. Where's Joe Biden? The White House is dark. Nobody's home. Much like Joe Biden, the lights aren't even on. Catching mm-hmm. catching some rays and seeing the sunset. It is ridiculous. And but then so- as it's total bedlam at Kabul airport, oh. decides to not even talk about that, but no. talk about 
here's my plan for new COVID vaccines. Yes. Remember that? It's like, what are you doing? We're like, you came back from your vacation to the White House to give a speech about vaccines. Okay. I bet you we're going to get something similar to that with China and Taiwan. It's not looking great over there. Um, The White House, excuse me, not the White House, the Pentagon assured us this week, I covered this yesterday, that China will not take Taiwan militarily in the next two years. So it means it's definitely happening in the next two years. Which is a huge window for them to say when their previous estimation given last summer was it'll take six months for Afghanistan to fall to the Taliban. And now we're saying two years at a moment where China is doing live fire exercises, firing missiles over Taiwan... The Chinese brass are probably laughing. I think they're they taking bought it. it. <laughs> like, oh, okay. They're taking it within the next two months for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. Go. So we'll see. Um, so but anyway, the White briefing House denies, today, excuse me. White House denies uh, oh. knowledge of the raid, which is just total bullshit. This was a nightmare. Yeah, so last night, as always happens from the White House, we have an unnamed source who's familiar with the goings on there because then there's no accountability. Nobody can fact check them. Nobody can call them for further comment, whatever. Reported that the White House found out about this just like everyone else did when it was reported on Twitter and people, you know, Trump released a statement, everything else. So then, of course, today, every question, basically every reporter in the briefing today asked a question about this raid and Karine Jean-Pierre was just a big no comment to literally everything, including a question on is... Joe Biden weaponizing the Department of Justice and the mm-hmm. FBI to go after his political enemies. And she wouldn't say no. Well, do you have a do you have the list in front of you? Yes, I do. Because I want you to reenact that. Oh, the no so comment good. fest? Yeah, 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 yeah. This was okay, yeah. So like I said, everybody is trying to ask her about this thing, and she has just decided that we're not saying anything about it, but in the process, like I said, mentions or refuses to deny that the White House is going after its political foes with the DOJ and the FBI. Which is just so easy. Just say, no, it's we're a, not. It's a fucking layup. Just like, say no. Just, even if you are, yes, yeah. you say Again, no. Just say no. Just <laughs> yeah. say no and then say, I have no further comment on that. So anyway, here's how things, this is a brief summary of just like basically 15 minutes of this back and forth. Mm-hmm. So it's a question followed by her response. Does the White House think it would be helpful for the DOJ to be more open about the reasons for the raid? We're just not going to comment, she said. Doesn't the DOJ going after the former president, who may be the president's opponent in the tw- in 2024, reek of politics? We did not have advance notice. That's not even an answer to that question. Yep. What's the White House response to Republicans' promise to investigate the raid on Mar-a-Lago? I'm just not going to comment. Did Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland sign off on the raid? We learned about this just like you all did. Again, not the answer mm-hmm. to the question that was asked. Does President Biden even know whether A.G. Garland signed off on the raid? I don't have anything more to share. Has President Biden even talked to the Attorney General today? I'm just not going to speak further. Does Joe Biden view Donald Trump as a political rival? I'm not going to comment on that. Will the Biden administration or DOJ provide a full accounting of its raid? No comment. Will the White House be briefed on what the DOJ is doing? We are not involved. Is the White House concerned that a lack of comment will lead Americans to believe the claims that the Biden administration is going after its political opponents? We're just not going to comment. And so every single question, no matter how they asked it, like, does the president think this was done correctly? No comment. Does the president have any communication with his own attorney general? She wouldn't say. And it's just like all this does is create more questions and make it seem even more possible that Biden is overseeing this whole thing in his limited capacity and in more likelihood his administration people are doing this kind of without his knowledge because he doesn't Ron know Klain. he doesn't know whether or not he shook Chuck Schumer's hand yeah. five seconds ago. Well, I don't know if it was Ron Klain. I, uh, this... But Ron Klain, you know he knew about this. There's yeah. no yeah. way. Uh, he's there's the worst. There's no way he yeah. didn't get tipped off that this I just want to know who orchestrated the whole thing. Someone has to be behind the orchestration of the whole thing. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton. She's like, clear the field. I'm doing this again. So or Barack Obama. She, she, she oh, was he asked, doesn't care anymore. That's she was asked, true. does the president believe the Justice Department acted accordingly? Take a listener response. 
Does the president believe that the Justice Department acted accordingly here? That is not, uh, uh, I'll, say, I'll say this again, that's up for the Department of Justice to decide. It is, um, when it comes to the criminal investigation, it is independent, uh, and they make that decision. Well, the Department of Justice is an executive agency. Yeah, exactly. It's under your it's in <laughs> Biden branch. Biden the Attorney General. Right, right. Like, uh, what are you thinking? I just don't get the whole thing. And and I mean, they like, should not have had a press briefing today. To no. If this was, if, if this she's going to do it, if this is it. Yeah. No. You can't. You can't have this. Well, then there well, was. And, you know. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. Well, this whole idea that like, oh, well, the Department of Justice is independent and Joe Biden has been insistent on this, <laughs> that we restore, you know, integrity to the Department of Justice and its investigations. It's like, when has the Department of Justice ever been independent of ever. Democrats? Yeah. yeah. Like it might, you might be able to claim that it's independent of the White House, but it's not independent of the Democrat Party. Yeah. And it's also not independent of the deep state and the bureaucracy and everybody who wants to take down people like Donald Trump who threaten them. Because you'll notice they didn't do this to Republican presidents before Trump. Like, they weren't trying to destroy George W. Bush. They weren't trying to destroy George H.W. Bush. They didn't try to destroy Ronald Reagan. Back then, it was a little bit different animal, yeah. and the bureaucracy wasn't as big as it is now. But even just comparing W. with Trump, W. did not go after the deep state or bureaucracy or whatever. Yeah. Donald Trump came in and was saying, I'm going to expose this, and I'm going to do my best to get rid of it. And it ended up, you know, potentially yeah. costing him Unipart his second term. unite. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah. So he is the threat. Even just like it, go back not that far and remember the text messages between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and yeah. the whole. I mean that like look at who is working in these yeah. agencies. We'll stop it. Yeah. That's yeah. That. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How do we like? We'll stop them. That yeah. became a huge deal, and there's a great like um, two friends of mine, uh, Ann McElhaney and Phil McElhaney, made a like a live action like yeah. a play literally that's just a dramatic rereading of the exact yeah. text that were sent and it's amazing but you see these two people doing this think of how many people work at the FBI these are not the only two people no, exactly. who think like that exactly. and want to do stuff exactly. like this and so you know there are other people in there who weren't exposed like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were who are consistently still hellbent on making sure Donald Trump doesn't run, doesn't run yeah. and can't run theoretically yeah it's certainly, you know, what it's looking like at this point is the only goal of these people. Um, but at the end of the day, I really don't think that they're going to be able to stop him. No. And I think no. that, in fact, they probably moved up his timeline. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're looking yeah. at a launch maybe before Labor Day. It also gives him more cover if he announces that he's running for president and he's if he files the paperwork and is actively a candidate for president. That limits a lot of what 100%. can be done to him because yeah. then it is blatantly yep. like he is the presumptive nominee even though the primaries are a long way off. Yep. Yep. Trump jumping in is going to make a lot of people back off. He's going to be the presumptive nominee. Based on what like Ron DeSantis was saying last night on Twitter, I don't think he's going to give him a run for his money in twenty four with no. all this happening Not anymore. and this escalating. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's just no way he's going to do that. And he, I agree. like once he's basically yeah. seen as this is the man who's going to be the Republican nominee, the Biden administration is going to get so bogged down in trying yeah. to figure out how to stop him. What do we do? Yeah. Because you can't Russia collude somebody twice. No. Yeah. Like well, Russia colluded him. They tried to impeach him twice. They banned him from social media. Like they have. When they can't the say he's owned by China because yeah. that's Biden. That's Biden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know they they you know a, a federal court now has signed off on reopening his tax returns again. Yeah. It's like it's like a full throated like assault on this yes. guy. And he's, his profile has never been bigger. Right. And it's also convenient that they're doing this just in time before the midterms. Right. Ba- it's midterms almost like they sat on this decision. Because <laughs> they know that 
he was probably going to announce after the midterms. And so yeah. they're dropping all of this now, yeah. which ironically is just screwing over Democrats running in the midterms. Yeah. But they don't care about, you know, Democrat members of Congress in Texas who are going to get rolled yeah. because of this. Yeah. They just want to make sure Donald Trump doesn't become president again. Yeah. Well, so, uh, you know, this morning Trump put out that video. The best is yet to come. If you have not seen yet, it's available for you at townhall.com. Great video. Tremendous. Really got me jazzed up and ready to roll. Uh, but last night, right after all of this news came out, there was an interesting tweet, and it, it got a decent amount of attention. Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but Dan Scavino, mm. who's, you know, his social media guy, mm-hmm. tweeted... Who does incredible work, independent of this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tweeted, do it, hyphen 45, as if maybe Trump was saying the words do it to him, as in, like, execute the filing we're going now <laughs> so i don't know maybe i'm thinking too deep but i feel like that could be like he's ready to roll at this point i mean um, yeah because all the stuff was what else ready, does he have to wait for right right what else does he have to wait like there's the the only reason not to before the midterms is like to avoid making trump specifically a midterm issue yeah but it was now the doj anyway. just made it yeah. a midterm issue in a huge way that disadvantages Democrats. Yeah. So now and so it's like, fight. It's why war. not? Like, there's no, there's no potential like, oh, well, him jumping in, you know, could make him the focus of the midterms when it shouldn't be. It should be a focus on, you know, Republicans retaking Congress. Well, the Biden administration just made Trump the focus of the midterms with less than 99 days to go. I think we might even be under 90 at this point. It is war. It is war. It's going to be a war? Uh, let me see. What, what day is the midterms? <laughs> Election day. Thanks. <laughs> November, good. what is it? November, November 8th? 8th? Yeah. Calculate duration. <laughs> 91 days. TikTok. Yep. So, good segue to the midterms. we got some elections to talk about. Some election news, right? Yes, great news. Yeah, well, yeah, great news on this front. One thing we were wrong about, we thought Joe Kent wasn't going to make it. Well, he won. He won. And that is a great, great victory for the America First movement. Remember, we had Joe Kent back on this podcast in... Uh, July of last year, yeah. July seventh, I believe it was that episode. Yeah. Time flies. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I he is one of my favorite candidates. He is now going to be a strong favorite to win the election in November in an R plus five district. Yeah. Um. So we need guys like him in Congress. That's for sure. What an uphill climb too for him. Yeah. yeah well, he I took mean, he, he had bitch. some and he, that, and he had some internal issues. Uh, but uh, no, he 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 persevered and. Clinched the win and yeah. got that rhino Jamie Herrera Butler out of there. And uh, she sucks. I'm and, glad she won. And Newhouse, David Newhouse, would have gone to if six conservatives didn't run. <laughs> yeah, that's split true. the it's a little crowded. Six way. Okay. Yeah, it's I mean, a little he, crowded. he limped over the top two tier with that 25%, I think. That's but, actually know. happened quite a few times yeah. this primary season. Yeah. And I think it's a strong message that in order to really get rid of these rhinos, yeah. We need to work better as conservatives on kind of coordinating. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who's well, going to be... It's yeah. like, it's simultaneously a good thing and a bad thing because it's a good thing that so many people are willing to stand up and say, like, I'm going to put, you know, my career on hold and put myself out there to run for public office. But the problem is you have too many people now willing to do that. And so it's yeah. like you need to, like, pick wherever you live. Yeah. Hang out with, I don't even remember, like when I was younger, it was the Tea Party group in yeah. the local area and everybody would figure out, like, yeah. who's running for what? What are we doing? And then we prioritized people and didn't yes. run a full slate of similar people in one race because that just yeah. doesn't work. Right. I mean, uh, what's it called? I mean, Lindsey Graham probably could have been knocked off if seven people didn't <laughs> run. 
Yeah. You know? Well, you Nancy know, Mace was actually one of the women. Well, Congresswoman Mace. Yes, back in now. But back then, she was, you know. Yep. Not a fan of her either. The first female graduate of the Citadel. I've heard yeah. that. Well, all right. So we also got Carrie Lake. Yes. Big victory. Big victory. Yes. We were, we were still was, counting. Yeah. What was that Thursday night that, that we found that? Yes, that yeah. was one of the most fun elections to watch yeah. because the like the people backing the establishment candidate uh, Karen Robeson, Robson, whatever her name was, three, were three so were <laughs> so excited yeah. on Tuesday night because she yeah. had like a ten percent lead yeah. over Carrie Lake for most of that night, and that is because the way Arizona does elections, which is still just a mess, because it took two days yeah. before the race was even called. It was like Thursday night at ten p.m. on the East Coast before that was like officially done. But because of the way they do it, it was all of the early votes and mostly like Maricopa County votes. That came in on election night. And so that's how you have that 10%, you know, lead for Karen Robson. And then comes in waves, right? by Wednesday morning, the lead was gone and Carrie yeah. Lake was in the lead by a couple thousand votes. It was like just like a one or 2% lead that she had, but it was like, oh, this is something. Yeah. And it's because more of the day of ballots were being counted in Arizona. Yep. And then as more ballot drops happened, you just saw her lead increase and increase and increase, especially outside of Maricopa County. Yeah. And she then won by, every single county, by the time right? the race was called, she was leading every single county in Arizona, which yep. is... I mean, massive. Yeah. Because you had the <laughs> candidate that was endorsed by the current Republican governor, who theoretically yeah. was popular enough to win his last election, just could not get her across the finish line, nor could uh, former Vice President Mike Pence. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was just great. And she, she held, like, a victory press conference the day before the yeah. race was even called and was like, well, like, we know there are issues. Because all that stuff with the ballots, like, they ran out of ballots. Yeah, it's hard. How do you, like, I know. what is more rigging... Than, yeah. like, just saying, oh, you can't vote even though you're eligible. Like, yeah. that's that's the same thing as, like, having, like, where I grew up in Minnesota. This is a weird small bunny trail. In Minnesota, when I was growing up, I was an election judge because that's how big of a nerd I was. And so it was me and all the potluck ladies <laughs> at Holy Spirit Catholic Church yep. and behind the tree line from my house doing election day nonsense. And in Minnesota, you just show up. You say your name. There's no ID law. You just show up. You say your name. They look through the book. They find your name, then you sign next to your name, and that's all you do. They hand you a ballot, you vote, you put it in the box, no way to track it. It's the same thing as running out of ballots like Arizona did. It's the same thing as showing up to vote, seeing your name, and seeing somebody else has already signed. Because yeah. if you don't get to vote, what are you doing? Yeah. And in a race that w- ended up being close-ish, not that close, like Carrie Lake definitely clearly won, Yeah, but close enough that like running out of ballots, especially in certain races where it's even closer, is a huge election issue and now Carrie Lake is running against the Secretary of State of Arizona who oversaw this disaster so it's a pretty easy choice for Arizona voters to be Mm -hmm. like why would I vote for somebody who couldn't even get enough ballots Mm -hmm. yeah well you know I mean they they can't figure out these fucking elections and then they wonder you know they take all these fucking days to count these ballots and then they wonder why there's like allegations of impropriety and people don't trust elections and I'm like well you know Joe Kent you know we probably could have figured out Joe Kent's win over the weekend but you know they sent those people home Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. took a weekend yeah. while there was uncounted votes. I'm like, yeah. do your fucking job. We believe in weekends here, so we will be back on Monday for yeah. for the returns. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we, and, 
In 2022, there's no reason that we shouldn't know who wins an election on election day. The day of, yeah. 100%. There's no reason. Yeah, 100%. I understand why you have to keep polls open later, so that way people, you know, after work can go and vote if they can't do it in the morning or they have weird shifts or they have to take their kit, whatever. Whatever the reason is, I understand having polls stay open later, but there's no reason that it takes days to count absentee ballots. There's well, no reason that you have to have that many absentee ballots. Right, it should be a limited fucking... circumstance, and you shouldn't be able to do mail ballots that can be counted, like, up to a week later. Like that well, is no, just the, the mail-in ballots and the absentees and all this shit have to be in by election day. Yeah. If you can't get your ballot in by election day, then vote on election day. Yep. And that's not simple. Yep. I don't get it. But especially when states that allow early voting, open early voting. Yeah, in Virginia, like, it's like three fucking weeks. You have that's too long. All the like, even that feels like it's too long. But yeah. all it does is just it creates these situations where people question where did that come from, where are these ballots, what yeah. the hell is going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, that's why people lose trust in elections. And that's why you see in states like Georgia and Texas, it passed election integrity measures that actually allow more hours and more days for early voting, have higher turnout now because it's harder to cheat and it's easier to vote. And that's, I mean, every state should have that. Yeah. But unfortunately, all these Well, the reason Democrats, why I was told that was Jim Crow. The Democrats don't two like the out, election integrity laws because it makes it harder to cheat. That's, yeah. you know, the bottom one. Yeah. Uh, we got to do a, a couple of elections tonight here. Oh, jeez. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin governor race on the Republican side is interesting. That one is going to be interesting, yeah. Um, you know, basically there's a Pence and Dorsey and a Trump and Dorsey uh, head-to-head. It was polling fine in a dead heat, so. Well, that one's interesting, too, because you have uh, you have the Trump-endorsed candidate who is um, Tim, I don't even know how to say his last name, Michelle. Michaels, I Michaels, think. Michaels, whatever, um, who owns, like, a farming equipment construction yeah. company. Uh, which is big in Wisconsin. That's the Trump endorsed candidate, and then you have Rebecca Clayfish, who was Governor Scott Walk, former Governor Scott Walker's lieutenant governor, who survived the recall with him, and they became the first governor and lieutenant governor in U.S. history to survive a recall attempt. Um, yeah, and Quite she true. she is endorsed by obviously Scott Walker, uh, who's now the president of my former employer, Young America's Foundation. Um, but she's also endorsed uh, by Nikki Haley and Ted Cruz and a bunch of Republicans in the state legislature. So it's going to be interesting to see if Wisconsin plays out like in Arizona, where the Trump endorsed candidate, you know, pulls it out even though it's close, or if it's going to look more like Georgia, where the sort of the local support for the local establishment, like Scott Walker and Rebecca Clayfish were not establishment in the larger Republican Party, but like in Wisconsin are kind of the establishment candidates. Yeah. If they win instead so it's gonna but again it's a, it's the same dead heat that we had with Carrie Lake like three terms I think you're pretty much establishment yes well right but like <laughs> it, it, being an establishment to Wisconsin is different from being yeah. like True. national Republican establishment yeah, for sure but yeah so yeah. we got that going on nice. Minnesota is gonna be interesting there's yeah. gonna be some tea leaf reading to be done there there's a special election uh, in the first congressional district my home state the land of 10,000 lakes shout out to the uh, Golden Gophers I guess Skull and the Vikings. Yeah, don't forget that. Minnesota Wild. Let's just throw the Twins in there. Not doing terrible this season. No. For once. Better than my Nationals. Uh, but Minnesota, the special election for the 1st Congressional District uh, to replace Congressman Jim Hagedorn, who passed away earlier this year from cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, there's that special general that's happening today, which will determine somebody who serves out the rest of his term. So, like, not that long. <laughs> there's also the primary for the November midterm for that race that is a rematch between... Um, the Republican candidate running in the general, who is Brad Finstad, mm-hmm. and the person who ran against him in the special primary earlier this year, Jeremy Munson, who he only beat by about 400 votes in the special primary. So mm-hmm. there's a chance that 
Finstead could win the special general, serve the rest of this year, but lose the primary today <laughs> to his opponent. And so he's literally, he would only be in Congress for whatever, like four months, five months. So that's, couple, then, is, is that a cup of coffee? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know but like, designation? there's a chance that that could happen. So Minnesota, Minnesota, the state that elected Jesse Ventura as governor and Al Franken as U.S. Senator still has weird politics, but that's fine. There's also... Um, well, but seating him could, or if any, if the Republican wins, that could have an effect on the vote for... The, inflation Reduction Act, which yes. is a falsely named bill. Doesn't yeah, do anything to reduce no inflation. inflation. It's a tax hike on yeah, every American... Yeah. That spends billions of dollars even, on green uh, energy. That's even, not even green. Uh, what's yeah. his name? The New York Times, uh, Krugman. Krugman. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he like, this has nothing to do with inflation. And so did Bernie Sanders <laughs> when they were debating <laughs> yeah. in the Senate over the yeah. weekend. But yeah. remember, Krugman, you know, he's a Keynesian, so he's like, inflation doesn't matter, government spending doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. Also, yeah. this bill saved uh, civilization. Yeah. Speaking of Vermont. In, well, but also in Minnesota, before we move on to Vermont, um, Ilhan Omar has a challenger, a uh, former Minneapolis City Council member uh, who's running against her, which probably won't win, but it's interesting to see a challenger within that district to her. And then also there's a refugee from Ethiopia who's a community organizer, sort of to the left of Betty McCollum, who's a Democrat rep who served from Minnesota for the last, like, literally forever. Um, so it's interesting. There could be an interesting situation there. And the governor's race in Minnesota is pretty much already settled. Minnesota, again, being a strange political animal, has um, conventions where they nominate people, and then those nominees still run in a primary, but generally they win. Huh. It's a little bit weird. A little bit weird. But uh, Tim Walls has got to go in Minnesota. He's a... Yeah, well, you know. He's a mess. That's how they, that's how they do it up there. That's fair. You guys have some weird politics, for sure. Like yeah, weird, well, we don't even like, have the Democrat Party. It's the DFL, the Democratic Farmer Laborer Party, which is the, like, state affiliate of the Democratic National Committee, but it's not the Democratic Party in Minnesota. Yeah. It's the DFL, the yeah, Farmers and the Laborers. Weird. Sounds a little socialist. But, oh, very yeah. much so. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's correct. Uh, Vermont, how are we doing in Vermont? Vermont, oh, geez. Well, so Patrick Leahy mercifully is retiring after this term, after like I don't know, one hundred and thirty years in the Senate. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we could. I mean, even... I think he was there for the Second Continental Congress. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have even helped us if he died either, because that cuck governor up there said that he'd yeah, replace him with a Democrat. Yeah. Oh, the one who took away like everybody, all Vermonters' guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that one. Yeah. A Republican. Sure. But it's Vermont. So anyway, so yeah, so Patrick Leahy is retiring. So there's a weird situation where there's an open seat. So the current in Vermont, they only have one at large congressional district. So the current Democrat who serves as the House representative is running for the Senate seat, which then also created an opening for the at large House seat, which normally doesn't happen. So there's it's basically just Democrats are messing around trying to figure out who's going to win in November because Republicans don't really have a shot in Vermont. Tragically, mm-hmm. hate to bring bad news. Yeah. Um, but so you've got uh, Peter Welch is the current representative at large who got endorsed by Bernie Sanders, which tells you everything you need to know about him. And he's probably going to be the winner for the Senate race and therefore the next U.S. senator from Vermont. Uh, and then you've got, I mean, the Republican candidates for Senate are good, but they just don't have a chance in Vermont, sadly. Damn, I always kind of so admire, I always admire Republicans who run in places like Vermont, because it's like honestly good for you. Like you're yeah. sacrificing a lot to yeah. do this, knowing that it's not. But like you're giving people at least the option to not support yeah. the Democrat <laughs> uniparty nonsense. <laughs> um, 
I, yeah. The state that votes for Democrats, but also has constitutional carry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's we could get some new sort of squad-type members uh, from Vermont in that House race, because yeah. um, oh, the current crap. Lieutenant Governor Molly Gray is running. She's, or no, she's, she's less progressive. The progressive one in that race is the President Pro Temp, currently of the State Senate, Becca Ballant or something mm-hmm. um but then you know again on the house side or on the republican side you've got some good candidates it just they don't really yeah, have much of a hope it. yeah then you got connecticut Donning uh, dick interestingly uh <laughs> republicans uh have mounted a three candidate field to challenge dick blumenthal Donning dick november <laughs> uh, so they've got it they've got some actually really interesting candidates that I think maybe have a future within just like Republican politics nationwide in general, because one of the candidates, uh, Leora Levy fled Castro's regime from Cuba when she was a child, mm. which is like obviously a cool story and something that like Republicans kind of identify with. Cause it's like, well, they had what the Democrats want and they left it. So they're a great messenger for that. Yeah. Um, and then there's also another candidate, Peter uh, Lumage who fled Albania mm. when it was, it, he was growing up there. It was, when Albania was taken over by communists. And so their whole thing, because he was from like a poorer community, they just sent him to like the agriculture program to learn how to be a farmer under the communist government. And there were these communist agents there who were like spying on all the students and he dared to speak out against the government. So they like arrested him, threw him in a gulag, tortured him for a while. And then he and his family like fled through the mountains of Albania somewhere else and were able to get asylum in the United States. So he also has a really cool story that I feel like would make a great speaker at the Republican National Convention in 24, which is in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Also some news. Not uh, not as humid as Nashville was going to be. So Well, Nashville City Council didn't approve the draft agreement, yeah. so they didn't have a choice. But what's interesting is Democrats had talked about doing the convention in 24 in Milwaukee because they felt bad for hosting yeah. it, quote-unquote, hosting it there in 2020, but then COVID happened, so like yeah. they didn't actually do anything there. Yeah, we beat so, so Democrats have been talking about doing it in Milwaukee in 24 in order to, like, give them the benefit of all the attention and the business and whatever else. And I, when I wrote this up, there have been a number of times in history, although it hasn't happened in a very long time, where both parties held their conventions in, in the, the same, same city, city in yeah. the same year. Yeah. Well, it is a Democrat city, so should be interesting. The birthplace of progressivism. We may Sounds die. like a great place to have a fight or something. We may die. You know, who knows? <laughs> Some of you uh, gangs of New York. If he dies, he dies. He dies. <laughs> I um, all right, so champion. I think that's about it for today. Unless you, anyone's getting anything that's else. That's it? Or, yeah, I mean, yeah, So shit. sad. Uh, that was a long episode. Mike is going to be... Yeah, I know. Mike- oh, yeah. my God! It's over an hour. All right. So, on that note... Um, I thought we course, were doing... Didn't we do reader emails, or did you already you do did, did that last week? Yeah, you didn't invite me. Email, wow. sir. I mean, basically, it was, it was like... Cold. It was our friend Gail. Yeah, <laughs> our number yeah, one fan. Our number one fan. Hi, Gail. Um, we love you, Gail. Love you, Gail. So, yeah... Results tonight, townhall.com for all those elections. Um, and, of course, as usual, time for the shameless plug. So if you enjoy Triggered and want it uncensored, which everybody loves it uncensored, I guarantee you, you will love it uncensored. So <laughs> go to townhallvip.com, become a VIP member there. Use the promo code SAVEAMERICA for 40% off. Get into this exclusive club of patriots. You'll get Matt's VIP column, which today was a great one, mm-hmm. on uh, was this the Fort Sumter moment. Uh, you'll get Spencer's VIP column. Subtle. Yeah, Subtle, very, best friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very good. <laughs> we he had something written, and then last night at 9 o'clock, I was like, you got to redo. Yeah, you yeah, got to redo. Something. Um, 
You can format the front page. You'll get Spencer's <laughs> VIP column. You'll get uh, Kurt's VIP shit, which is a huge pile at this point. I mean, you'll get the podcast, the video, the columns. You'll get Katie's. I mean, the list goes on and on. So everybody who joins loves it. So if you want to become a VIP member, that's townhallvip.com. Save America for 40% off. We do need to save America at this God point. help us. More vital than ever. So thank you to all of you who are VIP members. Thank you to our listeners. We love all of you. Don't forget, uh, if you want to reach out, email us, triggered at townhall.com. Thanks again to Spencer for joining us today, and we will be here on Thursday for another episode of Triggered. See you then. Unless the FBI gets us first. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I'm just happy to be here. We're top (laughs) targets, for sure. Spencer's in that crew now, too. Great. Yep. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys later. (laughs)